Welcome to the PL Surge podcast, where we highlight and explore CMCSS professional learning journeys. I'm your host, Amanda Nix, and I'm joined today by my co-host and producer, Brian Hampton. Brian, I'm excited about the professional learning opportunity our guests are sharing today. We currently have five different micro-credential learning stacks available. Yes, these include explicit instruction, RTI squared foundations, RTI squared math, supporting linguistically diverse students, and RTI squared reading. Today, we are highlighting the micro-credential process and specifically the RTI squared foundations micro-credential stack. Welcome, Patty and Jessica. Why don't we start off by letting you share a little bit about yourselves with our listeners? Well, first, thank you so much for the opportunity to share about the RTI micro-credentials. Both Jessica and I are very passionate about this. But hi, I'm Patty Wilson. I am um, currently the RTI and support team coordinator for the district. I am a school psychologist by training, and I have also been an associate and an assistant professor at both the University of Memphis and Austin P. State University, our local university. I've worked with the state on both special education eligibility task forces, as well as the RTI task force, and I was an RTI consultant for our region. I have been employed with the district for over 18 years, so, you know, whatever that means, either I'm a veteran or seasoned or just old. (laughs) And then I've also worked in surrounding rural counties, so Stewart County, Houston County, and in Metro. How about you, Jessica? I am Jessica Huey. I am a kindergarten teacher at Oakland Elementary. We have been in Clarksville for five years. I've spent all five years at Oakland in kindergarten. Um, I wouldn't change it for anything. Kindergarten is my passion. Um, I think it will forever be my passion. Prior to this, I worked in Georgia in a pre-K program, and I also worked in North Carolina for their state-funded pre-K program. I have just a soft spot for intervention. Um, I feel like those are the babies that really, really need us the most. So when I saw Patty's program, I was like, oh, got to jump on it. Patty, if you would, please just share a brief history and overview of the RTI squared program in the CMCSS district for our listeners. Absolutely. So RTI squared stands for the response to instruction and intervention framework. And this became the new instructional model for Tennessee back in 2013 with a focus on high quality first or core instruction. And the work began subsequent to a reauthorization of IDEA 2004, so that's the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act. And this reauthorization called for a reimagining of how we provide instructional supports to students. So to design implementation of that federal change at the state level, guidelines were released to all districts at the Tennessee Educational Leadership Conferences, which we know as LEAD here, in 2012. And after that convening with the districts, the state decided to create an RTI task force. And that task force led to development of an RTI leadership team who developed guidelines for what the instructional block should look like for all of the core content areas, including the time we should spend on them, kind of what the priority focus of the learning would be. It talks about whole and small group instruction. It talks about differentiation. And then we also, this time, the framework coincides with our Tennessee goals for ensuring ready students. So we want to make sure that at least 75% of students are reading on grade level by the end of third grade. And also that by 2025, that a majority of our students will have post-secondary opportunities. 
And so listeners may be familiar with these initiatives through the work of the state in the Read to Be Ready and the Drive to 55 campaigns. So Patty, you've given us an overview of the RTI Squared framework, but how does the framework focus on both prevention and supports across the academic, social, emotional learning, and the behavior domains? Great question, Amanda. So the RTI framework has a two-fold foundation. So the first is that we provide effective core instruction, and the second is that we have a culture of high expectations for all of our students. So the focus on first instruction ensures high-quality, rigorous, differentiated grade level instruction that is occurring throughout the day. And this is a key component across all those domains you just listed of academic, social emotional learning and behavior domains. Because what we know about students with skill deficits is that those exist all day long. They don't start and stop when the bell rings or a certain content area begins. That's just part of who you are as a student. So we have to make sure that we're providing supports across the school day and not just at a specific time. And then research also tells us that difficulties across domains are often intertwined. Meaning that if I struggle to read, I may develop a tendency to engage in behavior that removes me from those task expectations. And then that also impacts my self-efficacy, making me feel poorly about my ability to be successful at such tasks, which then makes me not want to engage in them. So in order to break from that cycle, we have to make sure that we are providing appropriate tiered supports to emphasize intervening when students first start to struggle so that we avoid any prolonged difficulty. And then RTI focuses on prevention through the core instruction or tier one and gap closure through tiered intervention supports. And it's important to think of this framework not as a triangle, which a lot of people associate with RTI squared because that's what it looks like kind of when you're looking in the manual on the flat pages, but you really need to be thinking of it as more of a pyramid or a multidimensional structure because students are multidimensional as are their needs. And this requires that we have a whole student approach to offering supports. So we put student needs at the center of this work. Then we focus on the effectiveness of instruction by examining the why, the how, and the what of that work. So with all your background with the RTI Squared framework, what led you to create the RTI micro-credential? Talk to us about that process. So one of the great things about this district is we have a strong history of offering differentiated and individualized professional learning. And it's really important because we have this difference between professional development, which kind of is our self-paced or it's more leaning towards kind of the sit and get kinds of things. And then we're kind of diving into professional learning where you're able to actually take that information. You have more engagement, more deep interaction with it, and you're actually able to apply it and then be able to get feedback and reflect on that experience. And that was really important for us for this RTI framework is number one, we wanted to make sure that this information was accessible to everyone that works in the district. So it's appropriate for classified staff, certified staff, administrators, anyone who's interested in it. And it's the framework of how we provide education. So we wanted to make sure that people understood kind of the basis of this is how we do instruction. And then the great part of having a micro-credential is that you never know the audience you're gonna reach, but because it is so highly individualized, every person brings something different to the table. So the interactions we're able to have through the projects and the feedback cycle is, it's refreshing and it's always invigorating to kind of see where you are in that work and then how you can move that work forward. We now have a really good sense of the history and we have a good idea of what RTI squared is. So we have that that developer perspective. And so now, Jessica, you recently completed the RTI squared micro credential. So from the participant side, would you talk to us about your experience? 
I found out about the program through our site-based um, induction specialist. She actually had a board for the EDI part. And I said, um, I love that board. Where did you get it? And she was telling me about it. So I went on plan and I found the badges and I was going through them. And RTI just stood out to me because a lot of people think RTI is focused on tier two and tier three instruction only, but it starts with tier one instruction. And in the RTI squared framework, you learn about tier one instruction, tier two, and tier three. So I think sometimes that gets lost in translation that tier one is also a part of that program. Everything that I learned from there, I could use immediately in my classroom from learning how to navigate on FastBridge, which is our universal screener that we use across our districts, to learning how to read the graphs of my students to see exactly where they were. Um, to know that I can progress monitor my own students, even if they're not in RTI. So like if, if my student was on that baseline on that cusp and didn't qualify for RTI, I could still take aside, you know, once a week and progress monitor them to make sure they're showing that growth and to keep them on their trend. And the most recent one I completed was a progress monitoring one. And from that one, the one thing that stood out to me the most was the taxonomy of intervention intensity, which is something that we often, I think it again, gets lost in translation is we put these kids in intervention and then we're so quick to say, they're not understanding, they're not getting it. They need to you know, have further testing done, but we're not changing what we do. And from that, I learned you know, the different steps that I can take to change and intensify my intervention to make sure that I'm meeting their exact needs. So that was something, this whole program was something that I could come back and immediately use in my classroom. And it was also my problem of practice in my teacher leader academy. I looked at it like my kids were struggling in, in phonological and phonemic awareness and my FastBridge data proved that. So with that, I could go on to FastBridge and I could see what do my kids need individually, but I could also see what does my class need as a whole? And it would give me my whole group instruction plans. And then it would give me my small group instruction plans. So it's all right there for you. You just have to know how to get to it and how to access it and how to use it. So Jessica, I've been able to work with you in the Teacher Leader Academy, and I've seen tremendous growth for you instructionally, thinking back to our summer session when you were really thinking about a problem of practice, and then how you've grown by doing this RTI squared micro credential. And then I was fortunate enough to get to see you do like a run through of your engaged session this past week, which was amazing. All the things that you have already prepared for the engage conference. So specifically, how do you think it's impacted your classroom instruction? Um, it's definitely held me more accountable as a teacher, knowing that my students like seeing it. I'm very data driven. I use data in my classroom all the time. I look at it. I see what they need because if they don't need it, then what's the point in pushing them for it? You know, it is, like I said, it's held me accountable, but it's also, I've seen so much growth in them. Taking that extra time and really focusing on them in a tier one setting and then bringing it back to tier two in small group or in RTI as needed, it has really made them just bloom this year. Like I've seen so much growth in this class this year that um, I don't see any other way in doing things now. So our word study, we start out with a five to 10 minute phonological awareness drill every day. It is not a part of our phonics first curriculum, but I take five to 10 minutes every day and we do a phonological awareness drill. And now they can tell me, I ask them, 
used to, I had like a schedule, like Monday, we did this Tuesday, we did this. Now I just ask them every morning, what do you want to do? And they can tell me they either sing it to me or they show me emotion, what they want to do. So they get to pick it. Sometimes I even let them lead it. Cause that's where they're at. And we're in the middle of spring screener and I can see so much growth in their data on that. I think it's right now, 60% of my class is on track for word segmenting, which is the phonological awareness piece of our fast bridge. I love the way that she's laid that out because it's kind of layering all the things that we do in the district work and is embedding them within it. So when people think back to that instructional framework that we all see that triangle, right, of the what are we doing, how are we doing it, and how well. And this is really bringing it back to the center of that triangle, which is the who. Who are we working for? And then you're kind of designing, okay, what does our instruction need to look like based on who is in front of us and what we know their needs are? And then looking at how am I going to do that? So when Jessica was saying, hey, she's taking this data and she's using that to inform her instruction, not for the few students, but she's designing to the edges, right? She's using that to inform instruction for all students. And I love the way that she talked about, you can use progress monitoring for any student. So if you can do a class-wide intervention. So it may be that you just went through a particular part in the scope and sequence. And you're like, I think my students really struggled with that. And you do a really intensive two-week instructional unit on it. And then you come back and you progress monitor every student in the class to see if they were able to master it or not. So it's not just something for the edges of students who may be struggling or who may need more enrichment. It's really for every student. That's who is at the heart of this work. And also when she was talking about the ways to intensify intervention, that it all comes down to what we're doing as a teacher and how we can modify that instruction and the environment. Because if we teach, students learn. And if students did not learn, that means that we did not teach it the way they needed to hear it and to interact with it. So it really comes back to looking at that engagement piece between how is what I'm doing impacting this person and vice versa. So, so important. Jessica, you did a beautiful job talking about that. Yes, you absolutely did. Another thing you talked about, Jessica, was the board. And I want you to share with our listeners, what is the board? And then if you both want to share the process that you guys went through for you to receive your board. The board is, um, it consists of all the badges for your, I guess your main badge, your big badge, which is the RTI two or the RTI squared um, framework. And mine consisted of progress monitoring, fast bridge, and the framework. And every time you complete one, you get a little mini badge. So it goes on your computer and a little certificate. Patty actually came to my school um, and presented that with, to me with Stacy. I was completely shocked. I did not know they were coming. One morning faculty meeting, they were here and I was like, oh, look, there's Patty and Stacy. I didn't know why they were here. But I saw Stacy had this big poster with Michael micro credentialing on it. And I was like, oh, they're probably sharing that with us. And she was like, we're here to recognize one of your own. And I was like, oh, that's me. <laughs> I immediately knew it was me. So I haven't got my board yet because I just finished my last badge. So hopefully I'll get that soon. Patty can probably explain the process a little bit better than I can. Um, but like I said, when I saw our site-based board, I was like, I really want one of those. So Patty, t- tell us about how you celebrate those who are doing the micro-credentials. This is really hard work, right? We're talking about a micro-credential. The micro is a little um, deceiving because it makes it seem like it's a small thing, but this is a huge um, commitment to your own professional learning. So one of the things we want to do is be able to recognize the effort 
that someone put in into completing these. So the badges are intended to be something you can work on in isolation. So you can decide that you only want a single badge or you can do the combination of badges in order to get the entire board. And then if you get a badge or a board, either way, we're coming out to the schools to celebrate. And so we just released these micro-credentials. So we're very excited because we've only been able to go out to a handful of schools, but it's been a surprise for everyone. And it's really interesting how it's kind of driving some interest and engagement for the entire micro-credentialing idea. But when we come to the school, we all decided that we would come up with a central idea. So whether you're working on supporting linguistically diverse students, or you're doing the um, site-based instruction, or you're doing the, the EDI one. And then also within the RTI framework, we have a reading specific board and badge and also a math content specific board and badge. So we all decided we would come up with kind of, hey, these are kind of drops in the bucket. So we're going to come in and give everybody the opportunity to put a drop in the bucket and we're collecting them across the district and across time as we're going through the micro-credentials. And then each micro-credential has its own color. And so everybody knows RTI squared is always purple. <laughs> so when we come out, we have them kind of go over some, we've picked a couple of quotes that really stood out to us about the work that people are doing. And as we finish the quote, we have each participant put in their drop in the bucket. And that really symbolizes the ripple effect that you're going to have, because not only did you do a deep dive into your own knowledge, so you have that and you're able to share that with your own students and your faculty, but it's also going to impact all of the students that you serve and the students that come after them and the people that they interact with and the teachers that you work with. So it really has this ripple effect. So it's a really neat way, I think, to recognize, number one, that you did engage in your professional learning. Number two, we acknowledge that it was hard work and that it took a lot of time, um, often off your personal schedule. But it's really great because it also gives you agency or a voice into talking about this is something the district's using, and you'll be able to apply it more when you really understand what that work is. And it's really exciting to see people get excited and to be celebrated. There's, I think we often forget how powerful it is to just be recognized for the small things that we do. And there's so much, um, I know that from the behind the scenes uh, kind of experience, there's so much excitement for the people who are involved in developing this. Um, I just wanted to, it, Jessica, you had mentioned, um, I think it was Jessica mentioned Stacy. And so that's Stacy Zahn. And so Stacy Zahn is the CMCSS online professional learning facilitator, and she is deeply involved in helping develop these courses. And I know that anytime there is mention of micro-credentials or people who have, um, who have earned a micro-credential, she is so excited. She's just bursting with excitement. And so, yeah, I think it's, there's a synergy there between people who are the people who are helping to facilitate this, the people who are learning from this. So that kind of leads me into our next question, which is, um, Jessica, you at this point in your career have had a lot of professional learning. And so could you talk to us about how your experience with the micro-credential is different from other kinds of professional learning that you've had? Micro-credentialing to me was my favorite type of learning because it was what I chose as my problem of practice or something that I was interested in to better myself, to grow myself as a teacher. So I was able to say, this is what I want to do. So therefore I had that, I had that interest in it. I had that, you know, investment in learning more about it. And it was self-paced. You know, if I wanted to do one and take six months to complete it, I could take, you know, do one and take six months to complete it. It was on my own time. I wasn't given like a deadline um, other than April 15th. 
because that's what Stacy said. Um, <laughs> you had to have it done by April 15th. So I could start April it. April 15th. It's that scary <laughs> looming deadline for so many things. I could start it in August and I could have up until April 15th to complete it. You know, so it gives you that, that leave. And then you can always go back and look at it for more information, which is something that I did when I was preparing my engaged slides was there was something that I wanted to say, and I couldn't quite figure out how I wanted to put it. So I went back into the Google classroom and I found the self-paced course. And I found exactly how I wanted to explain FastBridge and, you know, the process of it. And I took it and put it on my own words and put it on my slides for my engaged session. So it's not just like you're learning there. You have the resource to go back and use it again later too. So our ultimate goal is just what you talked about, that you can be selective in your professional learning and you're using your professional learning to improve instruction in your classroom and meet your needs. Um, but one of the things I just wanted to share that we're excited about is that the micro-credentials will be open this summer, and certainly nobody can complete those over the summer, but everyone could, everyone interested could certainly get on there and get a good start for that process this summer and not have to wait till August like you did, really start digging into some of that learning this summer. All right. So we've heard lots of great information. We've gotten a lot of really, uh, you know, a lot of really good insights into RTI squared and the RTI micro credential. But is there any other advice that you would give others who are interested in the RTI squared micro credential? Um, or if there's any advice that you would give generally about micro credentials? And Jessica, if you could go first. I would say if you're interested in doing it, do it. I learned so much from the program that I thought I already knew all that I needed to know about it, but I learned so much, so much about tier one instruction, tier two instruction and tier three instruction. Um, it made me a better teacher. It made me more intentional. And honestly, I was making things harder than it needed to be. Because like I said, FastBridge gives me everything. If you, if you know how to use it, it's there. It gives you your lesson plan. It tells you exactly what needs it. It tells you exactly what students need it and on what level they need it. If, it, if they need an intense plan, it tells you they need an intense plan. So I think sometimes as teachers, we make things harder on ourselves than it has to be. But this program showed me that tier one, tier two, and tier three instruction doesn't have to be very different from each other. It's just targeted to different students and their different needs. And I think the same thing about any micro-credentialing class. Um, if, you, if you know that you need extra help or you want to know more about EDI, then the EDI one is for you. I would just say, you know, research it, figure out what you need and go from there. But I really think the micro-credentialing program is great. It is very useful. And I don't, I mean, it was a lot of work, but I mean, I don't regret taking it at all. I feel like it was the best for me and for my students. I have to say, I had a little heart moment as soon as Jessica said it made her a better teacher, because I think that is the end goal for all of us, right? Because meaning that if you are a better teacher, we know that we're going to have students that are engaged in learning and that are excited to come to school. So that's the entire purpose of this. So it's super exciting. And I would add on, because we've talked about, about kind of that the micro-credentials are open for a long period of time to complete. And I think that's something to really keep in mind. Like, don't let the micro fool you. When you are engaging in a micro-credential, it will take a lot of time. These are not intended to be brief courses that you can do kind of in an hour, although you can start in an hour and get a chunk of it done, but that in order to really optimize your learning experience, you need to take it slowly and stop and have reflection moments of what does this mean for me? How can I apply that immediately? 
because there's no prize for getting through it quickly, right? (laughs) It's not the quicker I get it, oh, the better my time. This is really about taking it slow, chunking it together, prioritizing the information for immediate application. And then because of that, I would say, and Jessica, I think did a really good job with this is it's celebrating your milestones. Like as soon as you finish one part of it, or even if you finished a badge, like celebrate that it's great to say, okay, there's five parts to this, but I completed part one. What am I going to do to celebrate that? Which means that you kind of have to have some pre-planning. So I'm a person that struggles with executive functioning. So I really need to put things on the calendar in order to hold myself accountable. So kind of when I look at the micro-credential, I go, okay, if there are five parts and it'll tell you kind of an estimated amount of time, but I immediately go in and go, okay, if part one is expected to take me two weeks, let me say that I'm going to have it done by, you know, this three week period, just to give myself my own checkpoints because accountability will be key. So I would say accountability, take your time in doing it and enjoy the journey and then celebrate every milestone. And then just as Jessica has done so well for us in this district, talk to everyone you can about this experience. Um, Let them know what it's like, let them know what they can get from it. Um, Because the more that we kind of share what that experience is like, the less scary something like this becomes. Jessica, it's, I said this earlier, but it has been so exciting to watch you work through your problem and practice and then all the learning that you had around the micro-credential, but really how you applied it in your classroom with your students. I mean, it, it's been great to watch and see. And so I can't wait to see what you do next year as well. Thank you. I, I've enjoyed being in the Teacher Leader Academy. I know that that's aside from micro-credentialing, but the Teacher Leader Academy has really taught me a lot too um, about being a more effective leader in my classroom, in my school. Again, you know, identifying my problem in practice. We got to learn about all different types of leadership positions within our district. So I think CMCSS, you know, I've worked in four states and several districts. But I think CMCSS by far has the best professional learning that I've ever experienced. It's intentional and it's there if people just, you know, use it and look for it. It's there for you. What a great thread to kind of tie this up, Jessica. And that is that throughout the micro-credentialing process and other examples of professional learning, like it gives you voice. Everything that you learn allows you to be a better voice for, to advocate for yourself, to advocate for the students and the families that you support. So what a great way to kind of link together the micro-credentialing process, the teacher lead academies, and all the other great professional learning opportunities that come up, including Engage, which will be hitting us shortly. So nicely done. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And, and so for our audience, uh, they might not know what Engage is, depending on where you are. And so Engage is a conference. It's a professional learning conference that, is, that we host each year. There are hundreds of learning opportunities for teachers. And uh, one great thing is that most of the sessions are actually presented by CMCSS teachers. And so there are some outside folks who come in, but it's a really great opportunity for teachers to share the best of what they have learned with other teachers in the district. So it's really a great opportunity. Good commercial, Brian. And shout out to you, Jessica, who is participating in all three things, the micro-credential, a leadership academy, and engaged. Like Amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. Spotlight on professional learning for sure. Yes. Well, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today and sharing your knowledge. Yes, thank you, you guys. Thank you for um, all the insight. I mean, Patty, you amaze me with all that you can you can share and all the wisdom and all the knowledge you have around RTI. So thank you. 
Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. And Jessica, thank you for being one of the first teachers to dig into the micro-credentials. Well, thank you for coming up with the idea and helping me through the process. I appreciate that. Thank you again to our guests, Jessica Huey and Dr. Patty Wilson for joining us today. And thank you to our listeners. If you're a CMCSS educator interested in learning more about the micro-credential learning, please visit the Professional Learning Hub and navigate to the micro-credentials tab. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to like and follow us and share with your friends and family. The PL Search podcast is powered by your learning journey. If you have a professional learning story you'd like to share, you can reach us at plsurge at cmcss.net. This podcast is produced and edited by the professional learning team in the Clarksville-Montgomery County School System. In addition to today's guests, we would also like to give special thanks for this episode to CMCSS online professional learning facilitator, Stacy Zahn, for her role in the development and continued support of micro-credential learning. Until next time, keep learning and keep journeying.